listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Um, hi, Jackie. Hi, how you doing, Katie? Um, you know, so my office <laughs> is a little chilly today. Um, so I'm I've got two monk, you know, two little doggies in here, but they're spread out across the room. So I they're not helping me to stay warm. And Penny actually stole my blanket. So, you know, it's just a whole situation up in here. Well, in uh, here, here in Texas, by the way, it's 82 degrees. And I no. just had a reminder of two years ago how we were completely snowed in. So right. how is that possible though? Because it's like it's but pray for the polar bears. And just in case anybody missed it, this is the inclusive AF podcast and welcome welcome <laughs> um, he's losing it and so <laughs> we might have to help um let's talk more about her to come on that later but i'm excited today we have a special guest leah daniels and before i kick it off to leah daniels i want to say something and i'll try not to cry but we know what happens <laughs> so when we flash back Lee and I have followed each other on social for many years. And whether it be Facebook or linked, I don't even think at the time we were kind of, I don't remember. Anyway, when I lost my job at um, Hiring Soft and I posted it like the next day and Leah was like, let's get on a call. Like instantly was like, let's get on a call and was like, what do you want to do? And like, let's just talk about your plan. And I'm like, why are you spending all this time with me and leah was like because i i care about you i want you to be successful like really like and it was like so surprising i mean i know i do a lot of activity socially and i have a lot of connections but it was a very few number of people that actually reached out and was like let's talk i'm here for you and leah was one of the first people that i talked to and i, I never forgot that and i and I never will. So I'm honored and humbled that Leah Daniels is here. And with that, I will kick it off to you to tell our listeners more about you. Thank you, Jackie. Oh, um, <laughs> I know, right? I'll make you cry I'm, and then introduce yourself. That's fun. Uh, it's okay. Just a few tears. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Leah. And um, as Jackie mentioned, I've known her for a very long time. And, you know, Jackie, it's interesting because you're right like and we're seeing this right now with the layoffs people lay off and everybody gives their thoughts and prayers on social and moves on right and yeah. then they or they they do the opposite which is they put it on you to reach out to them and you see a lot of that in social like uh, i'm thinking of all of you if you need help i'm here for you and and it's interesting because it's a different responsibility dynamic and i i mean you have brought this up a couple of times over the years and um I never really thought about it until you talk about it but like i do think that it's not just on the person who's now in this really difficult position and you're overwhelmed and there's a lot going on there's a difference between saying hey reach out to me if you need help versus them reaching out to you and saying how can i help you here's what i can do let me give you three things like let me help be part of your journey and get you if nothing else one foot in front of the other right the getting yep. started process is almost always the hardest and like just having someone to push you into that a little yes. in a good way i think is amazing 
Um, sorry, I digress. No. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I am the chief commercial officer over at JobSync right now, and I like to integrate all of the things. Most of the time, I like to integrate um, really big, complicated ATSs and systems of record into job boards, easy apply, but not just the easy apply, like get all those uh, difficult questions, EEO, OCCP, terms and conditions, all the yummy good stuff <laughs> into that easy apply. And I like to get companies, lots of, lots of candidates. Um, and while I know we're in this weird market right now with lots of layoffs and challenges in the reality, when you actually look at it, is that lots of companies are still struggling to find talent. Right. I mean, the majority of companies don't hire developers, actually. They hire brick and mortar people. And so those companies still struggling. We like to help them. How's that? Is that yes. good? Do you want me to give you a little that more? That was good. I liked it. No, I liked it a lot. I mean, I feel like you're right. It is so this is beyond anything we've seen before. There, It is impossible to predict what's happening right now because it just changes every five minutes. Mm -hmm. And I saw something, it was called like quiet hiring. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, are you right? Right now? <laughs> By the and way, you've been doing that like, for a long time. No one, that's yeah, not new. Yeah, I was like, it's called upskilling. <laughs> Quit trying to make fetch happen. Fetch is not going to happen. <laughs> but so they're fetch. trying. It's so yeah. fetch. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that just called like sourcing, is sourcing passive candidates? Isn't that what that's called? <laughs> So, but there is so much going on. It's so weird. Um, no, it's it's always something, isn't it? I feel like the headlines are are more dramatic than the reality. I, I do love, as you said, like all those articles that are coming out. And I also like that a lot of the people in our circle are writing articles that are like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, that's the article. Really? Are, are you yeah. sure about this? Dude. It's not necessary. But, For reals, done. You know, all good. So uh, we were talking before we started recording, and I want to dig in on that a little bit about um, baby seals and um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, adorable. Both Jackie and Leah were like, "What? <laughs> when was that? Who were we?" Um, no, I want to talk about leadership at your organization and, and the, the conversations that you're having about leadership in your organization, because I think it is something that would be fascinating to our listeners to just hear kind of what you've been hearing. So, Sure. Uh, so we were, we were just talking a minute ago about, um, so I, I have a tech background. We didn't talk about this, but I, I come from a tech background. I um, have done a number of startups over the years, all mostly in the recruiting tech space. My very first one was a company called Zoom Info. It was very small when I was there, maybe slightly larger today. Um, <laughs> Perhaps. When I was there, I was employee four. So, you know, small. Um, and then I was at an ATS called Bullhorn, which is a technology ATS for the staffing space. I did spend a little bit of time at Monster. And then um, my last gig before this one was at AppCast, which is another technology for the recruiting space. And there's some themes in my life at technology companies, one of which is CEOs tend to be white dudes and leadership teams tend to be white dudes. And um, this company that I've just joined about a year and a half ago, I was starting to one of the folks that is on my team and he said, 
it's really interesting. This is the first company I've ever worked with. And the majority of the leadership team is female. And uh, so we started talking about like how that creates a different culture, a different environment, a different how meetings are different, how expectations are different, how communication is different. Everything is a little bit different because you have this different dynamic that's at the top than when you've got the traditional male um, hierarchy. So that's where we were starting from. And, you know, Katie, what do you want to jump in on that? Yeah. So it's, I think each of us have experienced that only, you know, that, that place of only in, in different ways. And, uh, you know, even being in HR, which we know is dominated by women, um, it is usually that, you know, those even senior leaders in HR that you're working with that are men. And, yeah. and it is, it is so fascinating that, you know, I get excited about, you know, all the, especially right now, you know, we're seeing all these, Hey, so-and-so has a new job. Hey, they have, you know, additional position or they have a new position, you know, Rocky Howard being one of them that just announced a new role or, you know, taking over more at uh, the mom project, which is awesome. And seeing these senior leaders that are women that are strong women that are women of color, all of these different things taking over these roles, because it has been so difficult to be the only in so many rooms when like i'm you know dealing with (laughs) the voice of reason which is Mm -hmm. oh you're just being hr you're just being the police or you're just you know whatever so it's just it is fascinating and i love that they took that that it even is remarkable to them and they recognize the difference in how things are done i you know two stories really quick that I think you'll find hilarious. One, we had a team meeting and the day before the team meeting all met at this big house, like or this restaurant, we all went, we're sitting there and it was only women there. And we were like having wine and charcuterie and laughing and giggling. And I was like, no one looking at this table says, I bet you that's the executive team of a software company. I was like, they all think this is like the PTA or like whatever. And we were were cognizant of that, that nobody, everybody just thought it was like girls night out. And then flash forward, we were in a meeting and Kieran, there was some like internal struggle and all of us had said different things to other people. And it was one of those things where it was like, Kieran was like, I need y'all to get together. I need you to knock it off. And y'all need to get together and do all these things. And of the 12 people on the executive team, we have three men and nine are women. And one of the men said, we're all executives. I think we have executive functioning. And all of the women just like, were like, okay. So Kieran's not gonna (laughs) say it, but it's us. All of us are having a problem. We have not invited y'all into this problem because we thought it was worthless to bring you into the fold in this scenario. And it was just funny because all the women got it. Nobody felt offended or whatever. We all knew behind the scenes. But then the guys were like, why is it necessary to have this conversation? And I think people do operate differently. I think people, I think men and women, you know, I think men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I have only said to male leaders, and I have never said to one of my female col- colleagues or leaders the following words. I don't need you to solve this problem. I just need you to hear me. Mm-hmm. I have never had to say that to a woman. Have you ever said that to a woman? I have said it to men. I bet you have too. No, 
Mm-hmm. I have ne- I have never said I've said it to men for sure. Now I have coached women to say it to men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you have to, but is it interesting that in, like intuitively you've never said it? Like at least I haven't. I'm assuming you haven't because I'm yeah. just presuming that. But I have never said it to one of my female uh, colleagues or or anyone else in the executive leadership team that is female. I have never had to say to them. I don't need you to solve this. I just need you to hear me. I have always had to say it to to my male colleagues because they do like go into like, I'm here to save the day. And I'm like, yeah, just for the day. I just need you to hear me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could just listen. That'd or, be great. Or I already have a solution. I'm just venting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to yes. be fair, I also have to say it to my husband. So there's <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But isn't that it is when you start to think about this interpersonal dynamic and the differences, um, it is even as far as that, right? Where you have to say to them, don't fix this problem. It's okay. I can fix it. But you need to be aware of it, or you just need to be know to know this is happening around you. I'm just giving you a heads up. But don't jump in. I don't need no, I don't need more people in here. I need less. Well, I think feedback, I can tell you, like having a full female executive team or majority female executive team that we've learned that we have to communicate differently um, Mm. because like a lot of times when you feel when you are othered or trying to be in a creative way of explaining it in a way that people are listening and they don't listen it's uh you know you will see it in lots of instances where they're not listening when i do it the nor- way i normally talk but then i've noticed sometimes in meeting like women will talk around issues and we're not going to get anything done when you have nine women on the executive team which so the opposite is true where we're, we are very direct with each other yeah and people seeing that aren't used to that mm-hmm. and at first you can see their faces when you know, we're talking about something and one of them was like, this is the bottom line. We don't have to have a discussion right now. Let's take it offline. And people are like, are y'all fighting? And it's like, no, but there is more to have a conversation. It just isn't right now, but people aren't used to seeing that. What is that? Like, why, we, why is it presumed that women are fighting? Like that same conversation between a, a woman and a man or two men would not be assumed to be fighting. What is that? Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. It's, I feel like it's the same thing as when they think that like black women are angry. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, you're hearing the frustration of me trying to get you to listen or, and that they assume like, this is a fight. No, we yeah. can have. Well, and I think there's also because it's that assumption of emotional instability uh, that women supposedly have that if if i am direct with you i must be very emotional i must be very happy sad whatever it might be 
versus no, we're just doing business. We're just getting stuff done. And and I'll say, you know, and the leadership team that I sit on, you know, we're about 50-50 split. And and some of the women are very direct, others are not. And even that can be very challenging because it is, yet, yet as you said, Jackie, like dancing around things versus saying, no, let's have that hard conversation so we can figure this out together. That's why we're all here is to figure out the hard stuff and make it better for the rest of the team. So it is, you know, it's one of those things that I think you have even amongst, you know, groups of men or groups of women, you do have those folks that their style might be, I don't want to, you know, it's that, you know, I lived in Minnesota for a while. It's that Minnesota nice where it's the passive aggressive, you know, yeah. You know, like, oh, I've done, I've done that leadership team too. That one's difficult. Uh -huh. um, this one that we're on that I'm on right now, we did, we, we said this a few times. We still say it now every once in a while as a reminder. Um, but we, we talk about the leadership team as the first, as your first team, because the thing about a leadership team is you actually have two teams, you have the leadership yes. team, then you have your team and it's easy to get into my team, my team, my team. And so we sort of uh, have taken a stance of this is the first team. You have to think about the leadership team before you think about your own internal team. And I think that that's very different than how a lot of companies and, and people operate. Um, but for us, it helps us with the communication breakdowns. So it's less about like your job, my job, your team didn't do this, my team, right? And so we get rid of some of that. And that was something that was, that came up between me and one of our other uh, female executives where we recognized that that was, we were, we were barreling towards this problem. Like this was going to be an issue if we continued to allow people to think that way. And so we sort of nipped it in the bud early that we have to think about the team dynamic on the leadership team first mm. and make sure that those walls are solid and that way what, what that ends up doing is it allows us to say things like i can't take this on even though it probably belongs in my org right now like how can we get it done anyway mm -hmm. and it does really help us i think um and i i don't know if that would have happened as easily if it had been someone else it just happened to be that this particular person and i came to this realization, we were able to kind of bang it out really quickly, figure out the problem, and then roll it out across our whole leadership org. But it was definitely two women on the side going, this is going to be a problem if we don't fix it soon and 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 think about the leadership team differently. And I, I think that, I don't know what that's worth, I think that it has really made a difference in the way we operate and function as a business. I, yeah, it, it, what you're, I mean, I love the, the analogy of, you know, are, are your walls solid and i think yeah. that's a, a critical piece for any leadership team because i how many times and you know whether you were in in you know on the executive team or not if you were not in looking in and you could tell whether that team was solid or not or whether they had each other's backs or what was going on very very easily and i think that's something else that you know i i, I always have said to leaders and i firmly believe this, like in absence of knowledge, people are going to make up a story and make up a gut, you know, gossip, whatever it might be. And if the leadership team isn't aligned and isn't transparent and isn't, you know, really sharing kind of what's, what's really going on, um, that is such a critical piece, but you have to have that kind of lockstep with each other. So you yeah. can't go out and, 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 well, it, you and it is the whole idea of like, Hey, you can disagree in this room, 
But once we leave this room, we're together, period. Yeah, disagreement is healthy, but lock arms walking, we're walking out as one. But I always like to think about like a house, right? Like if every team had their own room in the house and you're responsible for your room, but who's responsible for like, you know, the paint outside or the exterior Mm -hmm. or the foundation or the doors, right? Who's making sure the house is heated because that's no longer a room-based problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And I think that that's, but I do think that that's what happens. And even if you don't just look at the leadership, if you look down through the whole org, you see that inside various teams right this is my this is my room i have the kitchen your room you have the living room mind your rooms everyone <laughs> yeah stay in your room like, wow, those, two, those two paint schemes don't work together doesn't matter the different rooms <laughs> you're making me think leah you're like you remember like every like 70s sitcom there'd be like two kids sharing a bedroom and they'd like put a piece of tape down the middle and i yes. my parents were going to do that to my sister emily and i at one point like do not cross over this line because this every like the wednesday show yeah <laughs> you watch the wednesday show and they they slice the window in half yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely I I love it thinking about that. I haven't thought about that. I might have to steal that about going back about this is your team first. And yeah, I have found like a part of this, I think, is just getting older and and tired of like, just like I don't have time for all the crap that I have to tell Jackie wiser, (laughs) wiser, wiser. more mature, um, like a fine We're adults here now, everyone. (laughs) But it's like, I feel like I'm almost at the doctor's office, how they're like, do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you do drugs? And at one point in my life where it's like, I don't want to tell them because I'm going to get in trouble. And at this one, it's like, look, I just need whatever it is to fix yeah. whatever's going on. Yeah, Here it is. Like, yes, me, all wine, it. all of yeah, it. Yeah, like, okay? oh, I drink two Red Bulls a day. Do you need that? That's probably important. You should know that. Um, and <laughs> oh, that's not true, Jackie. That's It's not true. It's not. Okay, I don't. Like, no, it's three. It's fine. Three. It's three. It, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's three of them. No, I don't drink. I don't drink. <laughs> she's bad that she hasn't gotten wings yet, so she's going to drink another one. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's happening. Yeah. I'm going to drink all the Red Bulls until I do have wings. Yeah. Somebody give this woman some wings. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's yeah. like I, we have to have that conversation. And I've noticed like I I had a conversation and started thinking more, especially with inclusion and how we can make help people feel included. I've said like, I don't trust you. And I, that's like, OK, and I don't know if it's your issue or my issue. Like, can we unravel some of the things that I'm feeling right now, Be, especially when you're remote? Because yeah. I don't know what's going on. And there are times where it's like, do you even work here? Do you work here, you know, with your coworkers? Because I can't see you. And it's different if we were in the office that I could walk by and I'll be like, oh, obviously something's important or something's going on or whatever. Um, but being remote, you have to have that mm-hmm. commitment to each other. And I think it 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 can be challenging within those times. And I think there are new rules of work. And even as I mean, we can laugh at quiet hiring or upskilling or whatever they're calling it. But I mean, it, the world of work is changing. It's, uh, we are not done with the roller coaster. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we're like still on the like ascent up. Right. Where you, and then we're at some point, we're going to be doing that weird dangle moment where it's terrifying. I'm waiting for yeah. that. 
Yeah. And then maybe we'll go for the actual ride. Yeah. Or the, the one, there's one at Cedar Point that is like little bumps before you actually get to the big, like big hill that then is the scariest <laughs> thing ever. And you're turned upside down and everything like that. I don't ride roller coasters to be clear because it makes my stomach hurt thinking about it. Um, but yeah, like I, <laughs> this is, um, I think my thought is it's not even that it's going to be like, oh, this is a roller coaster. It's just, this is the new way of work. Yeah. Period. Like, I just think it's going to be this way kind of moving forward that there's going to be major shifts and major swings. And especially like, if you think about like the, like Coinbase just announced another layoff and, you know, you think yeah. about everyone that was running to get jobs with any type of uh, Bitcoin type role. And, you know, it's it's almost similar to like the dot-com era where everyone's like, oh my God, I'm working at the coolest dot-com. And that was like, oh wait, no, it's not. We just had to close our doors, you know? Yeah. So, but it's well, not like 2008. Like it's not like 2000, like 2005 with the dot-net and the, those bubbles. It's like, Oh my God, are we making money? Like we have investors. Like there are these companies that are like, woohoo! Like nobody even heard of them. You know, nobody knew yeah. all this open AI crap and all of these companies that are like, oh yeah, I invested like three years ago. I had no idea. There's four of us in a garage. And there's like a picture of like these, you know, programmers in a hot tub. They're like, oh my God, we have so much money. And then in the meantime, you have these other people that are like, we sell houses and the interest rate is at like 10%. Like nobody would know that, yeah, an 1800 square foot house would go for a million dollars. Like nobody, right? you know. Well, the whole world changed so fast over the last three years, right? right? And we were already barreling in this, like, if you can put your brain back to like February, 2020, we were already at like a three and a half percent unemployment rate then. We were already really low and then the world ended, employment, unemployment went up to 20% in April for like a hot second. Then the world realized it couldn't end, like that was an unacceptable place to be. So then we decided to reopen it, maybe too fast, maybe too slow, depends upon who you are and where you lived, but we did. And then all of a sudden, everybody, and even in that three month period of time between March and May, changed their behaviors, mm -hmm. right? Like. I don't go into targets anymore because they'll do the shopping for me. Why would I ever go back into a target? Because when I go into target, I impulse buy like crazy. Now they just bring me my things and they put it in my car. That is a behavioral change that I will unlikely undo unless they undo the thing that they do. Right? Like these are big shifts in our behavior and how we buy, how we consume, whether or not we hang out with people anymore. Um, some of us were fine for three years by ourselves. Um, <laughs> I found out I was an introvert. Um, <laughs> and loved every second of it. <laughs> there are people who disagree with that statement, but I feel confident. <laughs> All of that personal behavior does translate into our work behaviors, mm -hmm. right? Because now Target employs people to walk things out to my car, right? They didn't do that before. Target should have shoppers and walkers that existed and now they do these are real jobs that real people have that they pay them an hourly rate wage on right and now that's competing for the pool of, of um humans to do the work yes. and we're already short on humans to do the work yeah it's really interesting right so all of these little things have added up into a dynamic in our work environments 
who we're hiring, what jobs we're doing. Um, and, you know, we look at this this whole thing with the layoffs, but most of which are software. Although I saw the other day um, McDonald's added into the mix. I was like, you guys just had record profits yeah. and <laughs> record record sales, record profits. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to get out of here. <laughs> like, we yeah. need to tighten our belts just in case. I'm like, oh, goodness. But again, those are our higher paid professional roles that we're seeing many of whom I think, you know, we pulled out of the hourly workforce to fuel the professional workforce mm -hmm. over the last couple of years during this hiring sprint. And I think companies maybe collected people a little bit. They, they overindulge in their hiring because can't get anyone quick at everybody just in case. And now we're sort of rebalancing on that. But I do think it's going to be interesting how that all shakes out. I think we're going to see some entrepreneurs come out of it. I do. That's one of my bets. I think we're going to see some new companies. Yep. And I think they're going to apply for jobs and they're going to hate it. And a whole bunch of them are going to go try to build recruiting technology. They think they can build a better mousetrap. And I've got maybe they're right because we could all use a little help on that. Right? Well, it's, so, it's so interesting that you say that because, you know, Jackie and I have talked about some of the stuff that we like that we saw at HR Tech this past year. And, and I think that's so true. Like the idea of going back into an office, I think, is so abhorrent to people that they're like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I can, yeah. or I'm going to join the gig economy and not have a boss. And, you know, some of these different things that folks are choosing to do. And, you know, it, it, it is just so fascinating, you know, like even Black Friday. So you were mentioning Target. I know most of the, you know, most companies, they didn't do the Thursday midnight thing that they've done in years past. Cause it's like, no, people are all doing their shopping online. There is no point. There isn't going to be a stampede at midnight. So they're closing the doors, opening Friday morning, whatever, but also they're not getting in so much traffic exactly because of, you know, the reasons you're stating. Yeah. And so it is, it's just a completely different mindset shift of where are those jobs now and how, you know, think about like the 20-ish year old folks that you have in your life, how many of them are driving for Uber or Uber yeah. Eats, or, you know, some of these different things. And that's another one that I'm like, that was never an option for us, you know, to have that extra money or to, to be able to, to be a taxi money. cab driver. Right, right. right? Like, like no that one was, was a... going to go get their yellow cab. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not. Yeah. And so I think those are some of the things, too, that are just completely shifting the way folks are working. But I will say for me and I, not to speak for either of you, but I think the other piece of this is the living wage piece that this is where also companies are falling down because it's you have to pay a living wage or you are, yeah. will not find workers end of discussion that's all and I, I don't think folks have completely come to terms with that welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose and connect us all we believe in the incredible power of the human spirit its boundless resilience and the inspiration it brings to our lives on the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. No, I, I, 
it's really interesting with that gap, right? I mean, even did you see the news? Uh, was that in North Carolina? The one Chick Fil A that thought they could pay their employees by feeding them. <laughs> Just so you guys know, no. that's illegal. Thank disclaimer. you for the not an attorney. It was definitely illegal. Uh, <laughs> like, wow. forget a living wage. They weren't going to pay them at all. Right, but only a small coke. No, right. Um, Listen, our chicken is really good. You're going to love our chicken. So. Hopefully you're not a vegetarian. Come work here. Right. It's oh my, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> I really uh, want to work with the American <laughs> public and only get food. <laughs> Dude, I just, you know, people are not getting this. I still don't know that, that like I was watching the news and it said we added 230,000 jobs last month. So the economy is yeah. like stable. <laughs> like, wh what does this mean? Well, um, should we added more jobs in december than we've lost on all of these layoffs that are making yes. all the news cycles right yes that's why this is like bizarro world it's the yeah no it is very a very specific place that we're seeing these layoffs but the the problem is that these are big companies that could afford to i was calling hoard talent they could afford to hoard talent and they did and they are companies that make the headlines like who doesn't want to report that salesforce is doing a layoff right like who doesn't want to report that meta is right these guys can't like the news can't wait to see these big companies fail and so that becomes the 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 headline but you're like if you look from like august or, or july through december we added more people in december alone than we lost in layoffs in that whole group like it's just the math is not there to support the headlines at all but the headlines are juicier well, amen. And I like, so I'll give you a personal example. You're both TA, you know this. Like, I remember working at GoDaddy and we were in Sunnyvale, California, one of our offices. Microsoft was two floors up and Google was literally across the parking lot. And they're offering people, you know, half a million dollars all in, you know, total, you know, total package. And it was like, we can't compete with that. That's like, but there has to be this reckoning at some point in the future. And I think that's part of what we're seeing right now is that you have some of these, again, these jobs that are not even making a living wage versus these jobs that are so completely out of whack that it doesn't even make sense. And so, yep. yeah, I think that's where those headlines are like, well, good, because it is like this was just so wackadoo for anyone that was in recruiting to try and compete with some of these big names to find talent yeah without completely bankrupting your company so but on the other side to your point the the livable wage we're looking at these companies who are trying to you know i i i'm watching this pay transparency stuff roll out in real time and so this is fascinating because you've got the states like like massachusetts who proposed it but then didn't actually sign the law so but we have our own little one which is you can't ask people what they make um, but you're watching these pay transparencies and I, you know, I are seeing these companies that are still pushing through like $1 to $1 million an hour. And I was like, just so we're both clear one, that first one's illegal. And the other one, I don't care what the job is. I'll take it. I'm definitely qualified. That's right. Hire That's right. me right now. $1 million <laughs> an hour. And I am in, <laughs> you can drop a zero and I'll still take it. Right. $1 million. <laughs> Okay, so why does that happen? Well, because they're like, I don't know, like, because they haven't thought through how to handle any of this stuff. They're afraid of their current employee base and they haven't done the analysis. They're also afraid of one position in multiple 
states and locations and the fact that they've got variable rates by state. Like, so do we end up with the great like balancing of every of wages like this is a one for me like i haven't figured this out like will we just see all wages start to come to a, a stasis where you stop seeing the higher prices in the on the coast and like lower in certain places in the middle like what happens with wages i think this is going to be really interesting too as we see all of this play out in the next couple of years a hundred percent and i also think it's fascinating you just mentioned the coast like i think that's another piece is that so many companies because they are hiring remotely it is okay well we pay i'm gonna make up a number you know a hundred thousand for a software developer or whatever yeah. you it doesn't matter if you're in san francisco in arkansas in you know florida wherever you're that's that's what we're paying and i think that's the piece that also to your point people can't wrap their heads around that at all i mean that's what we do we pay seattle no matter where you are thank god because i live in waco texas I would make $5 an hour in Waco, Texas. So, so what you're saying is you actually do make $1 million per hour. I make $1 million an hour. Put your and finger up. I mean, you like, your finger up. <laughs> this is like the whole thing though. Like well, the, the part of the reasons why all of these things fail, I'm working on a, why do these, why do you, why does DEIB instances work, fail? And the major reason that it fails is because people are trying to change people instead of trying changing systems, changing it. So you have to apply the salary or put the salary range is changing the system. It's changing the system, yeah. which will ultimately change the narrative. But it'll, it, what happens, as we know, from an HR standpoint, it'll just get really weird. There'll be new code oh, skills. Yeah. There's always something. But, you know, hopefully some people are going to get better. You know, I want to see with this this is my wish list um when you put a job description out and you have your requirements or your nice to haves you have like salary low salary requirements mid salary nice to haves high salary must haves like oh, tie those one. tie that salary range to like skills or requirements or whatever it might be because you know what otherwise that range is just how good of a negotiator are you top to bottom like, I, I don't think we solve the like women being paid less problem. I just think women end up at the bottom, men end up at the top of the range, right? Tie it to the like actual bullet points. Let's see somebody do that. Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I, like, I think we already- I stole that I by someone else that. too. <laughs> I think folks do that for like interns. Like, oh, if you're working on your bachelor's, we're gonna pay you this much. If you're working on your master's, PhD, whatever, MBA, whatever it might be, it's this, like, so that yeah. makes total sense. And especially when you start thinking about the all of the like hey if you're a senior developer versus a junior you're already doing that so it's the same thing and putting that in the document yeah it's brilliant like, why wouldn't it, it i think that just takes away more of the leverage that we see that's that doesn't you know work out to be fair it just works out to be you know what did you make before all right well so i need to put you at the top of the range because you were making a lot before right as opposed to this is the value to the business um the other one i want to see us get rid of because this one drives me crazy is years of experience in in a skill like if it takes me one month to learn a skill it takes you one year to learn that same skill why does that make you better it took you longer to learn it because some people don't learn just because they had it they did it and some people do to be clear oh my God. It's true. Like, it is true <laughs> 
Yeah. But you know, I, a sales leader that's had 20 years experience versus 10 years experience, but they're both at the same level in the business. Why? I don't understand why the years matter. In the, I don't know, it's a thing that bugs me yeah. sometimes that we see years apply as a, as a reason for salary, as opposed to like ability to get something done or accomplished or. Because uh, what does that look like? I mean, I don't know. And I always ask, what does two years of experience look like? Well, it's very yeah. different depending upon who it is, where they had that That's experience, right. the environment that that experience was was in. Like a two years in a startup looks real different than two years yeah. at IBM. Can you see the grays in my hair? I've been working at startups for freaking like seven years now. Well, I hear you. I got like a whole patch of them I'm working on right now. All of her. And yeah, I think it's kind of like dog years. Like if you yes. work at a startup, every year at a startup is like seven years or something like that. I'm pretty yes. sure. It's definitely <laughs> um, 10 years experience for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nelly. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. I just want to keep talking because uh, I'd rather do that than work for the rest of the day. But um, so... Leah, what is one thing that you want folks to have for, I know we just went like all over the place, but what are, you know, what are some things you want folks to remember from this episode or things that are good calls to action, takeaway, that kind of thing? I mean, I think we did cover a lot, didn't we? Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot here that we can all do to think about how to build our own internal teams better, right? I, I mean, I'm, we kind of talked about it through different lenses, but how do you define out what your team looks like? Where Where's your first team? Where's your second team? Are you looking at the world through rooms in a, in a house or are you guys really the house, right? Like, how do you, how do you build that team? And then, you know, to our point about the dynamics and the interactions, like, how do you make sure that you're having the most productive conversations within your organization? And when you're bringing people on, so we'll do this pay transparency. When you're bringing people on, are you paying them fairly, right? Are you paying everyone fairly, not for the range, although I like the range, but but really for the skills and the abilities they bring into the to, into the organization. So how's that? Good? That's good. Awesome. Perfect. Jackie, what you got? I love the that house reference, but I also want to scroll all the way back and say, you know, we don't know what's going on right now like you have to and and there are some people that are wildly successful and there are some people that are hurting so you know be a you know a resource if you could be a resource be that resource and then also internally don't make don't make it easy for people to leave because you're like at some crappy company there's there's it's hard finding talent is hard mm -hmm. um and it's getting more competitive and we are seeing different people who are being laid off. These are not first level workers. These are tenured professionals. It's going to be more competitive. So make sure that you are being fair internally and that you have the right, the emphasis on the right syllable internally to get people what they need. For me, I think it's it's the, the trust piece and building that trust um, and that crosses so many different things you know the the home analogy that you had the you know transparency of pay which you know i think that's going to be more and more critical for everyone to be aware of and and be thoughtful about it's the trust as a leadership team to be able to be transparent with your folks 
And, you know, all of these pieces kind of add up to a culture, to Jackie's point, where your people want to stay. Your people want to put in the work. They want to do what they need to do. And also um, quit making people come back to the office. Nobody wants to do that. Just nobody. Just that's all. <laughs> we'll stop. I know we can talk about that, but I just saw some article this morning that was like, oh, so-and-so company's making them, you know, come back four days a week. I'm like, just enough already with that business. Um, that's all I got. Leah, thank you so much. I want a new car if I have to go into the office. And by that, Same. I mean, I don't want to pay for it. Like, right. I want you. Your company want, need to cover my transportation. I want car car. service. That's Black what I was going to say. I want yes. someone to drive me to and from yes. work. Yes. With the New York yes. Times, the Washington Post, cup of coffee and bagel and cream cheese. Yes. Every day. Every day. I feel like <laughs> yes. this is, that's not even like high demand right there. You could go oh. much bigger. Go bigger. That's right. Although if you have to go to Seattle, Jackie, that commute's going to be a little rough. That's going to be yeah, a little rough. Be. Yeah. Good point. Long Good drive. Point. <laughs> Multiple drivers for that. We'll be yeah. going over the Rockies today, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might lose service. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna need um more of a mint service, like like Jeff Perry, where I can like lay down, sleep through the service. Yes. Commuting well, actually, with my hey, yeah, it could be like the JSX. Like if you could get, you know, the flight, the the that's right. I would I've do that in a heartbeat. That. Yeah, I'll fly in a couple of days a week. You betcha. No, um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll maybe I can no. take the puppies. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Leah, so much for joining us. Uh, we oh, truly appreciate it. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn, and this is Jackie Clayton. Uh, bye. <laughs>